You're listening to the Sojourn Church New Albany Sermon Series, Wise, Life as Gift, Not Gain. In this series from Ecclesiastes, we'll learn to see life as fundamentally a gift to receive and enjoy, not a hill to climb or a gain to achieve. This path of wisdom teaches us to live in the uncertainty and tensions of life under the sun. As we prepare to hear God's word this morning, let's pray for the Spirit to open our hearts and minds. Pray these words aloud with me. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may hear your word with joy. Amen. And now hear the word of the Lord from Ecclesiastes 9, 13 through 18. Here is another bit of wisdom that has impressed me as I have watched the way our world works. There was a small town with only a few people, and a great king came with his army and besieged it. A poor, wise man knew how to save the town, and so it was rescued. But afterwards, no one thought to thank him. So even though wisdom is better than strength, those who are wise will be despised if they are poor. What they say will not be appreciated for long. Better to hear the quiet words of a wise person than the shouts of a foolish king. Better to have wisdom than weapons of war, but one sinner can destroy much that is good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning, Sojourn. Peace be with you. It is good to be with you all. My name is Jonah. I'm one of the pastors here at Sojourn. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Our mission at Sojourn is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to build them up as his church and send them into the world to follow him. And I'm thankful that you're here to be a part of it. Um, Real quick, I got to correct some uh, Trinitarian heresy that just happened. Uh, We do not believe there is more than one God, even though that prayer of illumination said, Lords, uh, there's only one Lord and his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get that corrected uh, in between. Uh, I thought that was funny. We still make typos on the screen, believe it or not. Um, So a couple of uh, quick announcements that I'm excited about uh, before we get started. In two weeks, so that's August 15th, we're having a kind of a joint service with um, a church called Highview Central. And so that's a church plant that's happening kind of in the Iroquois Park neighborhood, pretty close to Sojourn Carlisle, one of our sister churches over there. And that's the church plant that our former Connect director, Michael Miller, is going to help be a part of. And so the planter there, uh, Pastor Scott Long, is going to come and preach. There'll be folks from our church there, and we'll be able to send Michael and his wife Jordan out. We'll lay hands on them and pray for them. And so mark that one on your calendar. That's going to be an exciting service. You'll see some different faces on stage, and hopefully it's the beginning stages of a, a really beautiful partnership between two churches on opposite parts of the town. So I hope you can prioritize coming to that. And then next Sunday, you are about to be, your minds are going to be blown by the creativity of our church. Uh, if, you've, if you've looked around, there's a lot of new people that are coming. Um, the services are lots of new faces, particularly at the 11 o'clock service. And uh, we're in this kind of weird tension where a lot of us are excited to see one another. A lot of us haven't seen each other in a year and a half. And for those of you who've been around, you remember what it's like to be at a new church? Remember what it's like to come and not know anybody and recognize, and just wonder what's going on here? And so we, we want to try to create some space that's not too difficult where, where those of us who are excited to see one another, we get to see one another, but we also get to try to greet and welcome new faces uh, with more time than we have at the passing of the peace. So instead of a meet and greet, Starting next Sunday, 
we have the meat and meat. You see what I'm saying? The first meat, two E's. Second meat, one E, one A. Meat and meat. What are we doing? Well, out in the new park that we haven't spent a lot of time, and that's where I was going to blow your mind with creativity, the creativity of our, uh, our branding and marketing there. Uh, we, we've got uh, these grills, built-in grills in our playground park area that we started that big renovation before COVID, and we haven't had a, lo a lot of opportunities to gather as a church. So for a month, for four weeks in a row, we're going to grill hot dogs and just hang out in the playground after church. Uh, if you're new and wanting to connect with folks, that's a great opportunity for you to just hang around after the service. We'll take care of lunch for you. All beef hot dogs now. Come on, we're, we're Christians, so we're not doing this imitation stuff. It'll be good. Um, and then uh, you, if you're a regular attender or a member here, it's an opportunity for you to go find new faces. Um, so yeah, meet and meet. Starts next week. Hope you guys can come and hang out after the services. Uh, so this is a clever transition. Now, speaking of people I wish you could meet, I want to talk for a minute about my friend Doug. Doug is a college friend of mine. Still talk to him all the time. He's one of the most interesting humans that I've ever known in my life. He runs a t-shirt company. He's got about 15 side hustles that he runs up in Cincinnati. Uh, a typical, this is a made up story, but it's one that isn't far from something that actually happens. I can't remember the names of things. You'll, you'll see what I mean here in a minute. So I, a couple times a year, I'll go visit Doug in Cincinnati. I'm going to see him in a few weeks. I'll walk into his house and he'll say, hey, what do you think of that chair over there? And I'll, I'll look at the chair and be like, looks chairish to me. Looks like a chair. He's like, okay, all right. What about that bowl? I'll be like, same response. Looks, looks like a bowl to me. And he'll say, well, you may not know this, but that's a Flugenhofer chair, and that's an or Orsk and Nebovich bowl. You know, we say have some brands like I should know what that is. I'll be like, okay, great, a chair and a bowl. And he'd be like, I bought them at thrift stores for twenty dollars a piece. I'm like, cool. And he's like, and then I just sold them today for two thousand dollars each. And I'll say, tell me more. <laughs> Because to, to someone like me, these things look like a bowl and like a chair. Uh, but Doug knows what he's talking about, and he knows what to look for. He knows about mid-century modern furniture and specific brands of china bowls or w whatever. They don't look flashy or impressive unless you know what you're looking for. And Doug knows what he's looking for. Doug knows their value, which means he also knows their potential. So to me, the untrained eye, the ignorant eye, they look like normal, everyday, ordinary things. But Doug knows something about what these things really are. And they mean something else to him. He knows their value and he knows what to look for. And there's something, there's something to chew on there about wisdom, which is what we've been talking about now. This is 11 weeks. This is week 11 in our series on Ecclesiastes. Uh, part of being wise means you recognize wisdom. You know what to look for, both what it is and what it can do. And I think one of the simplest ways we can understand what biblical wisdom does is, is biblical wisdom heals. It heals you and the world around you. We've talked at length about what wisdom can do for you. And now we considered what we will consider what it does to the people around you. And some of this is going to come in the form of contradictions or opposites, because this chapter gets into a lot of what fools do and what fools look like. Uh, the kind of guiding interpretation of these next few verses comes in this cute, short little story that we have right at the end of chapter 9. It says, there was a small town with only a few people, and a great king came with his army and besieged it. A poor, wise man knew how to save the town, so it was rescued. 
but afterward no one thought to thank him. So, so one of the obvious lessons here is that wisdom is not always obvious. Wise people or wise decisions won't always look obvious. A wise man made a set of decisions that saved a town. No one thought to ask him and no one thought to thank him. Think about our culture for a minute. I, I mean like our broader culture, not just here, our church culture. Who are the voices that we typically listen to? Who, who are the voices that we typically lend credibility to? Not always, but, but often. Is it not the wealthiest or the loudest? At length these past weeks, we've seen that often what is outwardly impressive is inwardly hollow. This is both stuff, we've talked primarily about stuff that is hollow, possessions or achievement, wealth, but this is also people. People can be hollow. There's a difference between power and wisdom. There's a difference between talent and character. A king, a great king, it said, and his army are impressive looking. But a poor man who had wisdom was able to stop them. The king reminds me of the fool that's later described in chapter 10. Chapter 10 is beautiful. The first, oh, I, I don't know, really the whole chapter. It has all these pictures of what the foolish do. Verse 3 of chapter 10 says, you can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. How do fools walk down the street? Well, they're strutting and they're announcing themselves. They're the person that can't just walk into a room. They have to announce that they're in the room. They have to make sure everybody knows they're in the room. They have to have the lights under their car and the loud, whatever, the loud sound system. Just by the way they move in the world, they announce their presence. They want to be seen and they want to be heard. You can also tell who a fool is by what happens around them, not just the way they announce themselves. So later, verse 8. I love this. When you dig a well, you might fall in. When you demolish an old wall, you could be bitten by a snake. Maybe you read that and you're like, what in the world is going on? Fools want to dig a well and they just sit there digging, not realizing if they stand too close to the edge, they could fall into it. Fools look at an old building. They say, let's just demolish it. They don't think at all about what could be in there. They, they reach their hand into the wall. And whether you're powerful and rich or you're dumb and you're poor, if you reach your hand into a wall, you'll get bit by a snake. Fools are self-consumed. They don't think about the consequences of their actions. So they just reach their hand into an old wall. All their power, all their prestige cannot save them from the snake bite or the collapsing well. What happens to fools and those around them? Fools hurt themselves and the people around them. Fools bring pain and destruction and wounds to the people around them. Another example, verse 15 of chapter 10. Fools are so exhausted by a little work that they can't even find their way home. So, fools are more interested in image than they are in substance. Fools are more interested in the appearance of things than in the reality of things. But when it comes time to do some real work, even just a little bit, they're totally worn out. They get so tired, they don't know, they can't remember the names of the streets in their neighborhood. So here's a, an example of what a fool would do. They love talking about government policies, but they don't know how to get home from the job site. 
They love talking about these big abstract concepts, these global deals of importance, but they don't know the street names of their hometown. And if you drop them somewhere without their iPhone, they're going to get lost. Exhausted, lost, with a worried family at home wondering what happened to them. Fools hurt themselves and they hurt others. Verse 18, another example. Laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. Fools, again, they're drawn to what is impressive, what is powerful looking, what is showy, but they neglect the ordinary aspects of their life. The plans may look powerful, but their roof is collapsing. It's hard to, it's hard to live a meaningful life or do anything significant or worthwhile if your home is collapsing, if your roof is leaking and sagging. Fools hurt themselves and others, so drawn to what is grandiose and impressive, but the real substance of their ordinary life is falling apart. One final example, verse 10. Using a dull axe requires great strength. <laughs> oh, man, Ecclesiastes is great. Can we preach Ecclesiastes again and just stick on these little funny one-liners? I'm going to do it. We're going to do it sometime in the next 30 years. Uh, Try to imagine in your mind somebody chopping wood with a dull axe, especially if you don't know that the axe is dull. Uh, imagine the person in their backyard surrounded by woods and this big wood pile, and you just see him hacking and sweating and just glistening all over and groaning and grunting and just look like they're working so hard. Watching somebody chop wood with a dull axe would look so impressive and powerful. Look how hard they're swinging. Look how hard they're working. But the axe is dull. It's not working. It looks good, but it's not working. In all of the examples, and there are many in chapter 9 and 10, of what a fool looks like or what a lack of wisdom leads to, in every one we see fools hurt themselves and other people, be it soldiers in an army, be it passerbys on the street or family members in their own house. Fools hurt themselves and others. 10.1 puts it plainly, as dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink, so a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. Beware the loud person who always has an answer. Beware the person who has a trail of wounded people behind them. No matter how impressive they look, no matter how talented they seem, beware the person who has a trail of wounded people behind them. Beware the impressive sounding person who knows more about the world than they know about their neighborhood. Do you know what I, you understand? Someone to nod my, thank you. Who knows more about what's going on out there than what's going on right here. Beware the person that knows more about the world than they know about their neighborhood. Don't be fooled by someone just because they look impressive. Learn to recognize this kind of foolishness because it will hurt you and those around you. And in, instead, may we be a people who commit to becoming wise. So on the flip side of this, if, if fools hurt themselves and others, what, the, what must that mean about the wise? People of wisdom and wise decisions bring healing both to themselves and to the world around them. 
There are opposite images, both, both implied and stated in these passages that help us recognize what is wisdom and what does it do. It helps us know how to walk in the thrift store and see which bowl is really worth something and which chair is really worth something. And let me draw out a few themes for you. One of the clearest in here is that wise people value silence and slowness. Not saying they're only quiet and only slow, but wise people value, they prioritize silence and slowness. Silence and slowness are hallmarks of wise people. One of the reasons that I can't go to thrift stores with Doug is because he takes forever in the thrift store. I go in, um, shop, when I shop, Lord have mercy on me, when I go shopping, I go to a store for one thing. I walk in and I go right to it. I give somebody money for it and then I go home and thank God for it. If I go into a department store, I immediately start sweating. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't go shopping. It's just not, it's not me. Doug will say, what do you want to do today? We have 10 hours free. He's like, I want to go to the record store and the thrift store. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do with the other nine and a half hours? <laughs> He's like, no, that is, that's what we're doing. It takes time to recognize the real thing. It takes slowness and paying attention to recognize the genuine article. You have to have a certain disposition of curiosity and patience if you want to be wise. 9.17 tells us, it's better to hear the quiet words of a wise person than the shouts of a foolish king. Who gets platformed and elevated in our country? The quiet, thoughtful person or the shouting, angry person? Who are we more likely to listen to as a people? Who are we more drawn to? The impressive, shouting, powerful-looking person or the quiet, slow, thoughtful person? What does it take to hear quiet words? You have to be quiet and slow. Does anybody know, is the voice of God a loud shout or is it a quiet whisper? The scriptures will often describe the voice of God as a still, small voice. Ecclesiastes 10.4, a quiet spirit can overcome great mistakes. This word quiet is so beautiful here. It shows up all over the Old Testament in particular. It can mean peaceful. It can mean gentle. It can mean healing. A, a straight theological dictionary definition of this word is an absence of agitation or excitement acting in a manner that is gentle, mild, even tempered of a person who heals. It's a huge beautiful word. An example of this word showing up, Proverbs chapter 14, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. It's that same word that's translated in Ecclesiastes as quiet. If you want to be wise, avoiding the damage of the fool, we have to become people acquainted with silence and slowness. How do you handle quiet? How do you handle slowness? As a people, learn to listen well. How do you learn to listen well? Learn to ask really good questions. Ask open-ended questions. Try to avoid yes or no questions. Do you like that? Yes. That shuts conversation down. It doesn't invite people to, to speak more. 
Questions like how or why are much more powerful, much more inquisitive, much more curious. Become a person that values gentleness over aggression, that, that values quiet over volume, that values health over power. <clears throat> Silence and slowness will help you become a person who brings healing, which is perhaps the truest hallmark of the wise. Wise people value silence and slowness, and wise people heal the world around them. A, a fool spoils wisdom and honor, so what do the wise do? A fool parades down the street and invades a city. The quiet, or the wise rather, quietly save it. Look at this stark picture of leadership, wise leadership, we get in chapter 10, verse 17. Happy is the land whose king is a noble leader and whose leaders feast at the proper time to gain strength for their work, not to get drunk. The wise know the appropriate timing of things. Last week we talked about how fools want to laugh at funerals. They can't sit with the pain. They can't sit with difficulty. So they're always jumping to the next thing. Foolish kings want to throw parties when it's inappropriate. They want to celebrate when we should be mourning. They want to drink just to get drunk. To put it more simply, wise people are mindful. They understand the effect that they have on others. Wise Leadership, wise rulers understand the effects that their decisions will have on other people. The, the wise aren't interested in how they're perceived as much as in how they will heal. What will this do for my image is not as much an interest to the wise as much as who will this bring healing and wholeness to. A wise person will cry with you when it's time and they will celebrate with you when it's time. If if we become a wise people, we will collectively be happy. Do you see it used the H word in verse 17? Happy is the land. This is another huge biblical word that in, in our circles has kind of fallen on hard times. Uh, the idea of this word happy is blessed, highly favored. It's, again, a big, beautiful word. If you're taking notes, I'll give you a couple examples to go look at. It's used to refer to those who joyfully respond to a call to worship in Psalm 89. You'll be happy if you respond joyfully to God's invitation to come and worship. It's used of those who hear the wisdom of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 10. Listening to wisdom would make you, you must be so happy for this. Those who hear the commands of God and obey them. Those with lots of kids. There's so many examples of this word happiness in the Old Testament. It's a big word that means being alive and being human in the fullest sense. That's the healing power of wisdom. You being wise, you making wise choices, that is what it leads to. So what are we looking for to recognize wisdom? Quiet slowness healing and wholeness. Quiet slowness, healing and wholeness. The wise learn how to heal wounds by quietly listening, focusing their ordinary, their energy on their ordinary responsibilities, pursuing their character, not their platform. They don't want to be seen or celebrated as much as they want to be whole and to heal. And, and for those of you who are 
pursuing this, who are on this road, remember the poor man that the story began with. Wise people will often be overlooked and underappreciated. Because humans tend to prefer fools over the wise. But now we know some of what to look for. Some of who to look for. So this is the, the clearest invitation I have for us. If you want to be wise, follow wise people. The people who value silence and slowness, the people who bring healing to the world around them, even though they may not be the most attractive, even though they may not be the most popular, even though they might not have the biggest platform or the loudest voice. The number one indicator, number one of the kind of person you are becoming is the people you are spending time with. If you want to know what will I be like five years from now, just say, who am I spending the greatest amount of my time with? What are the voices that I'm listening to most often? Who, whose voice gets the most minutes in my life? That is the kind of person you will be five years from now. If all of your friends are loud and showy and angry and critical, guess what you will be like? You will become loud and showy and angry and critical. If all of your friends are busy and detached, consumed by the world, forgetful of their neighbors, so will you. If you want to be wise, follow wise people. Find wise people in your life and be with them. I want you to hear a few verses now and consider. Is this what we presently think of when we think of wisdom? This is perhaps the clearest picture of someone who is wise in the whole scriptures. First, this passage begins, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. This person is later called wisdom personified, wisdom himself, and he was not beautiful. Nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. There is nothing that would obviously say, that's the guy I want to go be around. He was overlooked, he was underappreciated, and worse, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. This man was quiet and unattractive from a backwater town in a no-name family. So we turned our backs on him, even in his grief and sorrow. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Like the poor man that we began with, no one knew what this wise one was up to. They didn't know his suffering was our suffering. His punishment was our punishment. He was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins. In our place, condemned, he stood. He was healing us, forgiving us, and setting us free, and we did not recognize it. Does this look like wisdom to you? This wise one and how he behaved and what he looked like and who he was, is this what we today would consider wisdom? Can you hear how unassuming the Lord Jesus Christ was? Can you see his quietness and his slowness? Can you see the healing power of his wisdom? He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. This is what Jesus has done for us. He did not come 
as a shouting, conquering king. He did not come as a great king with an army. He came as a baby. He lived as a simple man. He taught with compassion, gentleness, and patience. And he endured the punishment that we ourselves deserved. Every road to wisdom begins with the call of the wise Christ. Come to me. Follow me. Jesus offers healing to us. He offers restoration to us and he promises to lead us. He offers forgiveness and wholeness to you. If you know no one wise in your life, now you know Jesus. Follow him. If you want to be wise, follow Jesus. Next week, we have baptisms lined up. Believe it or not, God's been saving people throughout the pandemic. We've seen baptisms over the last year and a half. And right now we have several lined up for both services next week. And I am convinced there are more folks who want to be baptized, who are wondering, is this for me or is this not for me? That is your first step once you've committed to follow Jesus. And your response to Jesus is to come and be baptized. It's time to take a step. Uh, if you don't want to write your testimony, maybe you've been here and you're not sure, uh, could I really do that? Could I get my story and have somebody read it up? I'm hoping that we have so many people get baptized next week that we won't have time to write a testimony. And I'll tell you, there is no verse in the Bible that says you have to write your testimony to get baptized. If you want to get baptized, don't let writing this testimony get in the way. I, I hope we see a bunch of folks get baptized next week. There's too many of us that have sat back and wondered, when is the time for me to respond? And I'm telling you, the time is now. Come and get baptized next week. I'm going to stay up front after the service. You can come and talk to me. Respond to the call. Be baptized next week and pursue true wisdom. For all of us, stop looking to what seems powerful and look instead to what heals. If there is one message that I could leave you with today, it would be that. Stop looking to what seems powerful and instead look to what heals. This, this passage that I read for us is from Isaiah chapter 53. It's a promise of what Messiah would be. And, and listen to how it ends. When he, so that's Jesus, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. We are the rebels, yet through the sacrifice of Christ, it has been made possible for us to become wise, to be healed ourselves, but not only that, but also to become instruments of healing to the world around us. We can follow Christ, we can become wise, and we become instruments in the healing hands of God to bring restoration to the world around us. And so every week we behold true wisdom that we might come to him, become like him, and follow him. So we remember now the night that Jesus was betrayed. He took a loaf of bread, he blessed it, thanked God for it. He broke it and he said to his disciples, this is my body given for you. Eat this and remember what I've done for you. In the same way, when the meal was over, he took a cup of wine and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed with the shedding of my blood. Drink this as often as you eat in remembrance of me. This is what has made the road of wisdom open to us, the body of Christ given for us and the blood of Christ shed for us. How will you respond? Again, 
If you don't follow Jesus, this is where you begin. Every road to wisdom begins with the, the response to Christ's call, come and follow me. Thank you for listening. Keep in touch with Sojourn New Albany on Facebook or download the free Sojourn Collective app for iPhone or Android where you can see our full library of sermon series audio and video, discussion questions, event calendar, ministries, and much more.